Hey, it's Cole. Welcome to this week's episode of the Archerpreneur Podcast, where every week we talk about how you, yes, you, can bring your creative dreams to life. My name is Cole. My name's Adam. Hey, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, how do you feel about authenticity, um, putting yourself out there, being honest about what you can and cannot do? How do you feel about those things? Feel good about them. Okay. Have uh, you always felt good about them? Well, that's the thing. The answer to that question is no. Yeah, no, I'd feel that for sure. Yeah. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what what some people call imposter syndrome. Hmm. And if you're not familiar with imposter syndrome, it's basically feeling like you're not ready, you're not prepared for something, or maybe you're not meant to be doing it, but you're doing it anyway. And so you have these thoughts in the back of your mind, like, am I going to get found out that I don't belong here, uh, that I'm an imposter, basically, that I'm not an artist or that I shouldn't be doing this job or whatever it is. And that manifests itself in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Um, but I think it's something that we all face at least once in our life. Yeah. I, so the question that I'm going to start out with as we're going to talk about this is... Is our goal to start believing that we can do all the things or is it just to come to a place where we recognize that no one can do all the things? It's like a 50-50 blend, I think. All right, let's get into it then. Let's get into it. So uh, one thing that's important, number one, to deal with imposter syndrome is to realize that not everyone is just magically qualified to do what they're doing. Uh, it's not like one day you magically become an artist. Hmm. Uh, I often think about like airline pilots or someone doing like heart surgery mm-hmm. or an engineer designing a bridge. Yes, that requires some skilled and specific mathematical ability. It does. Actually, not ability, knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. You everyone's learning how to do what it is that they want to do. And you don't just magically become a doctor. Like you get certified to become a doctor, but day one of being a doctor, you're still just a human being and you still just know what you know. And that first time that you go to cut someone open for surgery is going to be a human experience. You know, we're not robots. So, And even after they receive their doctoral license, doctor license, they are still just a human knowing what they know. Right. And as an artist, there's not like one day where you're like, oh, now I'm the artist. I'm qualified to be doing this and no one can question me. Yeah. Uh, so if you're thinking that like once you get more experience, that that feeling's just going to magically go away because now you're you're qualified to be there. Uh, That's not really how it happens. Yeah. I think this is a parallel to the experience that I think most of us have when we're children. We think that there will be a moment where we cross a line between child and into adulthood. And then one day you just have to kind of look back and be like, Oh, I guess I'm an adult now. I'm going to do things that are associated with adulthood. And there are some people who never make that decision <laughs> and just keep being children. Yeah, which is kind of sick, actually. Um, sick for them. in a good, not, good way? or Could be fun. Okay, so you're talking about um, like sick, like, oh, I can ride roller coasters all day. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, you know, you're not just magically old one day either. It's all just kind of like 
a process and you flow between those steps. Uh, so yeah, when you're dealing with imposter syndrome, just realizing like there's no magical qual- quality that makes you qualified. I uh, mean, I, this is something I actually had this experience yesterday on the, on the airplane I was um, on. I was sitting next to a guy who was reading something that was quite honestly, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I looked over the page and I won't even get into what he was reading, but um, I th- like, I have this perception and specific moments of like, Oh, that person if I started talking to that person about my perspective on this, he would automatically assume that he is uh, older than I am or uh, more able to talk about a thing or more, uh, I wouldn't even say qualified, but there is some level of qualification. And it's just kind of like when I walk into a room, that's something that I have to intentionally be considerate of, of like, like if I walk into a meeting at a government function, I assume that everybody else is just like, yes, I'm supposed to be here. And I walk in with this like, uh, I don't know if I'm qualified to be here or if I'm supposed to be here or what, like if I should say something right now or if I shouldn't say something right now. And I've gotten pretty good at just kind of like existing in the space anyway and saying what needs to be said or what I think needs to be said. But yeah, there's kind of always this level of, everybody else probably assumes that they are supposed to be here when I have an assumption that I'm not. Right. And I think part of that too is that the people that are you're working with as an artist, the guy hiring you or the lady hiring you uh, might be just as nervous as you Mm. about their job. I mean, they might be there on day 10 of their job saying, all right, we need to hire an artist to come paint this wall. Sure. Uh, I hope I pick the right one. I hope I don't screw up this email that I'm sending them. Like we're all human beings and we all kind of struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, you're not the only one. It's like the old picture, everybody naked. Uh, oh, the old picture, everybody naked screenshot or the old advice where it's like, you know, th- think about the, uh, audience being naked. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like what's the, uh, they're not, but you can just decide <laughs> that they are, and then you don't have stage fright anymore, uh, right? I, I don't know if that's if I've a. I don't know if I've ever done that, and b. I'm not sure it's very helpful. I don't know if anyone's ever actually tried it, but Seems it is old advice, actually. Yeah, I don't know if I would do that. Depends on how you respond to picturing people naked, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that might make me more nervous. Yeah. Uh, number two. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that there are some people who the most nervous moment of their of their lives is when they are naked with someone. That's true. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Uh, number two, recognize that what you've done before you can do again. Uh, so like, you know, stage fright, for example, or anxiety before a big job. If you are performing, even if it's your first time performing in front of an audience, you've performed before Mm -hmm. by practicing. Hopefully. If it's your first time performing in front of a thousand people, uh, but you've performed in front of a hundred people, that's just that, but more. So it's nothing drastically different that you need to do uh, just because you're playing for more people or you're getting paid more than you've ever gotten paid for a job or you're working for a bigger company that's hiring you this time. And it's also recognition that when you perform in front of 100 people, the first time you did that, there were things that you didn't know then that you now know, but you were okay with that. And so if you're performing in front of 1,000 people, there will be things that you do not know and that's okay. You will learn. 
Yeah, and a lot of times that kind of thing ends up being easier than you build it up to be in your head. Oh, of course. Uh, One thing that I think is helpful when dealing with any kind of imposter syndrome, stage fright, anything like that, think about what actually could go wrong. Like, think about the absolute worst case scenario. If this whole thing is a flop, what's actually going to happen? Like, are you going to survive because, you know, maybe your concert didn't go as well as you wanted it to? Or you're, you know, it took you an extra hour to paint this mural then, or an extra two days or whatever it is. Like, no, you're still going to be an artist. You're still, you still have your talents. You're not going to even a catastrophic failure you're going to walk away from just going well now i know for next time this is something that's i always think about when i'm in a room and someone else is watching sports and i happen to see it is that <laughs> like it, it's it's so bizarre to me that if artists perform to the low caliber of even professional artists it would be absolutely you unacceptable mean professional athletes uh, professional athletes it would be absolutely unacceptable so like the idea that I don't know somebody bats thirty percent <laughs> is like if an artist if a violin player played seventy percent of the notes wrong they would clearly not be hired as a professional violin player but you can strike out seventy percent of the time you're at bat and still have a professional baseball career that is wild or like I don't know what what is the average for soccer attempts versus makes. Not high. 50%? I mean, there's zero zero games, and they're paying guys millions of dollars to try to score. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. So it's just wild, the like high level of um, responsibility that artists are tasked with. And I think that obviously imposes an extreme amount of pressure on us as creative people. I love excellence. Like, I think that, you know they should in, they should institute a five a five point free a five point throw in basketball from the half court. Yeah, uh, just so they shoot more long shots. Well, I mean, if to you reward want me to go into this, if you want me to go into this, I'm happy to do it. At one point, there was no three point shot, and then they instituted a three point shot. Now there's a lot of people who are really good at making three point shots. That's true. I think if they did a five point shot at half court in the next decade, we would see a lot of people coming out of high school who have gotten really good at the five point shot because it's now a part of the game. And I think it'd make the game even more exciting. That's why they added the three point shot. So why not a five point shot from half court? I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> and and the and the thing is going to be, it's going to be like, you know, a 40% uh, success rate. But that's sports. It's exciting. And exciting. Sure. Well, back to art. Yes. We'll, we'll start a sports podcast next week. And, and we have just started it. Thank um, you for coming to the Sportrepreneur podcast. Yeah. But uh, no, you've made art. You will make art again. Even if it goes about as badly as you can possibly imagine, realistically, you're still going to be alive. Mm-hmm. you're still going to eat dinner that night and you're probably going to be do perform better than a professional athlete that's true yeah and number three the last way that we can face imposter syndrome is to turn i'm not sure i can do this into i'm excited that i get the opportunity to try to do this uh fear and excitement are very close to each other when they do like brain scans uh, there's not a big difference between fear and excitement. It's just the emotional response that you have to it. I mean, isn't that a roller coaster? Yeah, it is. Um, and so when we're dealing with imposter syndrome, a lot of the times it's also rooted into that feeling of, do I really deserve this? 
in reality, if you pass an audition or you get offered a show or get a commission, chances are the person that's making the choice to bring you on as an artist to do that performance or that commission is excited that you're the one that's doing it. Yeah. And they probably have wanted to work with you. And they definitely think that you do deserve it because that's why you got offered that position in the first place. I mean, you are describing right now a lot of the um, kind of mental, psychological instruction or advice given to actors when auditioning is um, rather than like going in with the perspective when auditioning of... I'm really nervous about this and I don't know how I'm going to do and I don't know how they're going to respond. Go in with the belief or the the gratitude that today I get to act. Right. And I think that's a helpful perspective. Today I get to make what I what I make. Yeah, and I actually was listening to a podcast that an actor uh, that I like was on and they were talking about auditions and they said that a lot of people have like an antagonistic relationship with casting people, Hmm. but those people are looking to hire an actor and they want to be impressed and they want to find someone Mm -hmm. that they think can do the job. And so they were saying like going into auditions with the mindset of like, they need someone to do this and I'm the person that can do it for them. Right. I'm I'm helping this person solve a problem. Exactly. I am the solution they are looking for. Exactly. So when you kind of approach it from that excited mindset of, I get to see what I can make for this project, I think that a lot of that imposter syndrome kind of goes away and you can just accept like, yeah, I'm an artist and I make stuff for a living and people want me to do it. You know, how many times can you get hired for uh, for working on art before that feeling goes away of imposter syndrome? Maybe never. Maybe never. But if you don't kind of work on that mindset, then it won't. Yeah. And so back to the kind of the, the question that I asked at the start, which is like, okay, do we overcome imposter syndrome by being really great at what we do? Yeah, to some degree. But no matter how good you get, you're always going to be making above your ability. And so there's always going to be a level of, I'm not qualified to do this. And I think it's okay to just acknowledge that and say, that's actually very true, but I have the opportunity to do it, and I'm thankful for that. Right. Well, thanks for uh, listening, as always. We'll see you next week with another episode helping you bring your art career to life. Bye. I love you. (laughs) I love you, too.